Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا رُسُلَنَا Certainly we sent our messengers بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ with clear proofs. We sent our prophets with clear evidences. Ayat, whether they were revealed texts, or it was proofs, arguments, or it was miracles, whatever it was, they were bayinat. And what is bayina? That which is clear and evident. Meaning it's undeniable, undefeatable. You cannot refute it. You cannot reject it. This is how clear and explicit those proofs, those verses were. In other words, you just had to believe in them. وَأَنزَلْنَا مَعَهُمُ الْكِتَابِ And we sent down with them the book. Meaning with the prophets, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also revealed the scripture. And along with the scripture, one more thing. وَالْمِيزَانِ And the balance. Remember the word mizan is used for the scale. Alright? But the word mizan can also be understood as a noun meaning justice or balance. And regardless of that, if you think about it, a scale, what does it symbolize? Adl. Justice. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also sent down the mizan, the balance. What does it mean? Some have said that what this means is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed adl, meaning the law of justice. Allah revealed justice. Meaning Allah taught people what is justice and what is not justice. What is fair and what is not fair. I mean if you think about it, Two different people, if you ask them, what is justice in this situation? What is fairness in this situation? It's quite possible they give completely different answers. Right? Because we are biased. All of us are biased. We always want more good for ourselves. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught what is fair and what is not fair. And how did He teach that? By revealing the law also. That when you're dealing with each other, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to trade, when it comes to crimes, then this is justice. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed what is just in terms of speech, in terms of actions, so on and so forth. So وَأَنزَلْنَا مَعَهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْمِيزَانِ لِيَقُومَ النَّاسُ بِالْقِسْطِ So that the people may maintain justice. Meaning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed justice. Why? So that people could maintain it. If they don't know about it, how would they observe it? Justice and fairness in terms of their matters with Allah, in terms of their matters with people. So, لِيَقُومَ النَّاسُ بِالْقِسْطِ وَأَنزَلْنَا الْحَدِيدِ And we also sent down الحديد. What is hadid? Iron. We sent down iron. Meaning another means through which he aided his messengers after the bayinat and the kitab and the mizan, is that Allah also gave, He also sent iron. And hadid from hadal al had, what is had? A limit, right? When something reaches its limit, it means it cannot go past it, right? So hadid, iron is called iron because of its resistance, because of its toughness. So, وَأَنزَلْنَا hadid, we sent down hadid, and what is this iron? Fihi in it is ba'sun shadidun. There is great, there is severe ba's in it. What is ba's? Military might, striking power. And this is true. From the beginning, people have used iron to make different weapons, different tools, right? So we see that swords, arrows, and even modern day, you know, ammunition, arms, they're made from iron. 
So, وَأَنزَلْنَا الْحَدِيدَ فِيهِ بَأْسٌ شَدِيدٌ In it is بَأْسٌ شَدِيدٌ But not just that. وَمَنَافِعُ لِلنَّاسِ And also, various usages, various benefits for the people. Meaning, iron is very beneficial for people. There are so many things that people make from it, that people use it for, that people benefit from. There are so many benefits in it that they cannot even be counted. And these benefits are useful when it comes to the matters of their deen as well as their dunya. So, وَأَنزَلْنَا الْحَدِيدَ فِيهِ بَأْسٌ شَدِيدٌ وَمَنَافِعُ لِلنَّاسِ وَلِيَعْلَمَ اللَّهُ Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send down all of this? The bayinat, the kitab, the mizan, and the hadid. Four things are mentioned here, right? So why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send all of this? لِيَعْلَمَ اللَّهُ مَنْ يَنْصُرُهُ وَرُسُولَهُ بِالْغَيْبِ So that Allah would know that who is it that would help him, meaning help Allah and his messenger, his messengers, بِالْغَيْبِ in the unseen. And you know the meaning of بِالْغَيْبِ That in the unseen, meaning when he hasn't seen Allah. And for many people, when they haven't even seen the messengers, who would still help the cause of Allah, even though he hasn't seen Allah and his messengers. And bilghayb also means when he is alone, and nobody is watching him, when he's hidden from the eyes of people. Inna Allah qawiyun aziz, not that Allah is in need of help. Allah is qawi, he is strong, he is aziz, he is mighty. But he's giving this opportunity to the servants to help his religion. Why? In order to reward them. So, what do we see in this ayah? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sent the deen. Right? But to support the cause of the deen, to defend the deen, He also sent bayinat, kitab, mizan, and hadid. Four things. Four things. And we see that there's such a beautiful balance that is established in this ayah. Where does the word mizan come? Between what and what? On the one hand of mizan is the kitab. Right before the mizan is what? Kitab. And after the mizan is is hadid. Right? On the one hand is the book of Allah. There is the law. There is the scripture. There is religion. And on the other hand is hadith, iron, material, this dunya. Right? And this is the balance that we must maintain when we are living our lives. You see, earlier we were given an example of the reality of this life. And when you realize that this is how transient, this is how temporary this world is, you just want to get rid of it. You just want to get rid of it. You just want to become a hermit or something. Right? But what does this ayah teach us? That on the one hand, Allah revealed the law, and on the other hand, He is the one who created this world also. And you have to support the deen using what? The deen and the dunya that He has given you. The deen and the dunya that He has given you. You have to use both of them. You have to use the bayinat, the kitab, and then you also have to use the hadith that Allah has given And for hadith, Allah says that in it is great military might. Yes, this is referring to warfare. It did happen. It certainly happened. I mean, look at the life of the Prophet ﷺ. How many battles were fought? But is that the only way of helping the deen? There are so many other ways. 
Because Allah says that there are manafi'u linnas. So use this dunya that Allah has given you. Whatever strength, whatever material, whatever part of this world He has given you. Your test is, your test in life is, are you going to use this skill and this resource for Allah or are you going to use it just for yourself? Are you going to use the money, the talents, the skills, the abilities, the knowledge that Allah has given you, the dunya that He's given you, just for your own pleasure, for your own glory, for your own success? Or are you going to use it for Allah's deen also? This is your test, your individual test. Allah already knows, He's just testing that who's going to help Allah and His messengers in the unseen. In Allah Qawiyun Aziz, He does not need your help, He's just giving you an opportunity. And you see something interesting over here. Anzalna al Hadid, we have sent down the Hadid. Some have said by this what it means is that we have created iron. That Allah is the one who has created iron. The same word was also used for animals. Right? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent down. And what is meant is that He has created them. Right? And others have said that no, we could understand this literally that Allah sent down iron. You see, iron is one of the oldest metals. Dawood salam, he used iron to make chain mill. Correct? And we also see that iron is one of the most abundant of all metals on earth. One of the most abundant ones. In fact, it is the fourth most common element in the earth's crust. Also, iron is crucial for the survival of all living organisms. We have iron in our bodies. Even plants and other animals, they have them. Also, remember that when it comes to using iron, meaning as people, when we use iron, then 90% of all metal that is refined these days is actually iron. 90%. And archaeologists estimate that people have been using iron for more than 5,000 years. 5,000 years. And it turns out, according to a study published in the 2013 Journal of Archaeological Science, they examined iron that was found from ancient Egyptian ruins, iron beads that date to around 3200 B.C. And this iron was actually from iron meteoroids. So basically it fell from the sky. Literally. So, anzalna al-hadid. We have sent down this hadid. If you think about it, computer chips also, it's all metal circuitry, right? So, whatever technology that you have, whatever worldly advancement that you make, this has come from who? Originally, this came to you from who? Allah. No matter what you have, Allah is its giver. He gave it to you. But He gave it to you not so that you get lost in it. Not so that you use it just for your own pleasure, for your own success. But the test is, مَنْ يَنْصُرُ Who is going to help the cause of Allah? Who is going to use this for Allah? And who is going to use it just for themselves? وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا نُوحًا Certainly we sent Nuh وَإِبْرَاهِيمَ and Ibrahim وَجَعَلْنَا and we made فِي ذُرِّيَّتِهِمَا in their offspring النُّبُوَّةَ وَالْكِتَابِ Prophethood and scripture. Meaning from their generation, from their descendants, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose the rest of the prophets and He sent to them the scriptures also. But all of the descendants of Ibrahim and Nuh were not righteous. Allah says, فَمِنْهُمْ مُهْتَدْ Amongst them were those who were rightly guided. وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنْهُمْ فَاسِقُونَ But the majority of them, what was their reality? They were defiantly disobedient. Who is it that was rightly guided? The one who used the kitab and the hadith for Allah. And who is it that became fasiq? The one who left the kitab, right? Didn't maintain the mizan, didn't maintain that balance, and leaned towards only one side. And what is that? The dunya, materialism. And when they leaned towards just the dunya, that led them to what? Fisq. A lot of corruption, a lot of disobedience, a lot of crime. I mean, if you think about it, just the industrial revolution also, yes, it has brought about many benefits for people, uncountable, amazing benefits. But at the same time, has it also caused a lot of problems in the world? Many. Many. So many lives have been lost. So many people have been abused. So much has been done. Why? Because when our goal has become just a dunya, we have lost that mizan, then this is going to cause us to make bad choices. وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنْهُمْ فَاسِقُونَ ثُمَّ قَفَّيْنَا Then we sent عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِمْ Upon their traces بِرُسُلِنَا With our messengers. Meaning we sent more messengers after them. We sent more messengers behind them upon their traces, meaning soon after them. وَقَفَّيْنَا And we followed all of those prophets with who? With the last prophet amongst them, meaning from the Bani Israel was who? بِعِيسَ بْنِ مَرْيَمْ With Prophet Isa a.s., the son of Maryam. وَآتَيْنَاهُ And we gave him Al-Injil, the gospel. He was also given the kitab. وَجَعَلْنَا And we made فِي قُلُوبِ الَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُ In the hearts of those people who followed him, meaning in the people who followed Isa alayhi salam, what is it that Allah made in their hearts? رَأْفَةً Compassion. وَرَحْمَةً And mercy. Which is why we see that in the followers of Isa alayhi salam, where these people who believe in him, whether or not they believe in him correctly or they follow him correctly, regardless of that, what is it that's a very important value near them. It is compassion and mercy. Love. Isn't it? It's love. I mean, just very recently when two nuns were killed in the States, just these past few days, somebody from that organization that they worked for tweeted that we must pray for our sisters who we've lost, but remember that we are people of faith, we must also pray for those who killed them. I mean, this is extreme ra'afa and rahma, Right? That this is extreme compassion and mercy. And this is something that cannot be ignored. This is something very common in the Christian faith. Ra'fa and Rahma. A very important value to them. And it's good, it's beautiful. However, there's one problem. And what is that? وَرَهْبَانِيَّةً And monasticism. ibtad'uha. They invented it. See the word ibtad'a? From bid'ah. Bid'ah is invention. Ibtada'a, to innovate, to invent something in their religion. So they invented rahbaniyyah in their religion. Allah says, مَا كَتَبْنَاهَا عَلَيْهِمْ We did not prescribe it upon them. We did not legislate it that they must adopt monasticism. But they innovated it. And why did they innovate it? What was the reason? 
Only to pursue the pleasure of Allah. Meaning, it was very well intentioned. When they invented this in religion, they meant, well, they wanted to make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even more happy. This is why they invented monasticism. Now the question is, what is Rahbaniyyah? What is Rahbaniyyah? Rahbaniyyah is from Rahab. Rahaban, Warahaban. What is Rahab? Fear. Remember there are pillars of worship. Meaning, there are certain things that we must base our worship upon. Certain feelings. And what are those feelings? There is love, there is fear, and then there is hope. And there must be a balance between love, fear, and hope. That when we're performing any act of worship, we should do it with love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should do it with fear of Allah. What fear? What fear? That what if my intention is not sincere? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deserves much better. Right? Fear. Genuine fear. And then there's hope also. Hope of reward. Expectation of reward. We should not say things like, I don't want any reward from God. No. We must do good hoping for reward from Allah. Now, the thing is, that if you remove any of these pillars, there's going to be a problem. If you eliminate love there's going to be a problem in that ibadah. If you eliminate fear, there's going to be a problem in that ibadah. It's not going to be done correctly. If you eliminate hope, again, that ibadah is not going to be performed correctly. Now, rahbaniyyah is to perform worship based on what? Just fear. An extreme fear. Extreme fear. So, that a person is so afraid of Allah, so afraid, that just to be on the safe side, they leave even that which is permissible. Has it ever happened with you that you are eating something and uh, somebody says, what if it's not okay? Or you just have this doubt that what if it's not okay? In the sense that you bought it from a halal meat store, all right? but that guy whom you bought the meat from just didn't look very religious. He was listening to music, right? Or he had a tattoo and you're like, but what if this is not halal meat? And so that shuck, that doubt, it makes you so uneasy that you say, you know what, just to be on the safe side, I'm going to leave it. We make these decisions, right? Just to be on the safe side, I'm going to leave this. The thing is that if it says halal over there, and that person, even though he had a pierced or he had a tattoo, if he said salam to you, right, you consider him Muslim, right? So, Rahbaniyyah is that you just keep eliminating things from your life to be on the safe side. So you leave even that which Allah has made permissible for you. So, Rahbaniyyah is monasticism. That a person would not get married, that a person would not eat good food, that a person would not wear comfortable clothing, that a person would not interact much with people. Why? out of fear that they would do something, say something that would offend Allah. So they would leave everything and exclude themselves, all right, and they would just dedicate themselves entirely for the worship of Allah. Now this is something apparently very beautiful, isn't it? Because we learned about the munafiqeen that fatantum anfusakum, you put yourselves in sin. So to be on the safe side, a person says, you know what? I'm never going outside. I'm never going to a mall. And I'm never going to the mall. Or I'm never going to buy any nice clothes. I'm never going to wear makeup. I'm never going to do this because I might fall into sin. 
the thing is as long as we live we might fall into sin we might we are all prone to sin we are all prone to committing errors but who is allah at-tawwab he loves to accept repentance and if we did not commit sin he would remove us and replace us with the creation that would sin so our goal in life is not to ensure that we never commit sin our goal in life is that when we do commit sin we turn back to allah that we make it a habit to turn back to allah so rahbaniyah these people they invented it and they invented it to seek the pleasure of allah and we see that this is something that is prevalent even till today that there are people who will dedicate their entire lives or if not their entire lives a big portion of their lives their youth right or a couple of years they will give up their wealth they will give up their careers they will give up their families they will not get married right they will refrain from certain things why out of rahbaniyah allah says fama sunat ra'uha they observed it with due observance. Ra'uha, ra'ayn ya, ra'i. What does ra'i mean? To look after animals. Ra'i is a shepherd, right? So you have to look after something, right? Anything that you are doing, you have to look after it, meaning you have to observe it properly. So they invented rahbaniyah, but they were not able to observe it correctly. They were not able to observe it correctly. They made up their rules and they themselves broke those rules. Right? Why? Because it is an unnatural way of life. This is an unnatural way of life. We see that this is something that happened in the past and this is something that has happened in the recent past and this is something that happens still today. That when we go to an extreme When we go to the extreme, one extreme is that you abandon the deen and you just live for dunya. And the other extreme is that you abandon the dunya and you're just worried about the deen. Even that is problematic. Even that is problematic. It's rare, but it is problematic. So what happened with these people, I mean, you hear about this in the news all the time, about so many things going wrong in churches. Right? I mean, children, women, men, different kinds of problems amongst them. Pardon? Exactly. A lot of sexual abuse. Because it's unnatural for a person to not get married. It's unnatural. And besides, so many cults have come about, right? And so many things have gone wrong. I'm sure you've all heard about the children of God church, right? It's horrible. It's horrible. So, فَمَا رَعَوْهَا حَقَّ رِعَايَتِهَا They couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. And this is something we need to remember. We need to understand. That the deen that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given is perfect. If we leave it to improve our dunya, we are making a mistake. And if we add to it to improve our deen, again we're making a mistake. The deen is complete and perfect. We should not remove anything from it and we should not add anything to it. Because the deen is natural. So look at the people of the past. When they went to this extreme, of abandoning the dunya, then look at what happened. فَمَا رَعَوْهَا حَقَّ رِعَايَتِهَا They made their rules and they broke them themselves. They exceeded bounds in it. 
So what happened? فَآتَيْنَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْهُمْ أَجْرَهُمْ We gave those who believed amongst them their reward. وَكَثِيرٌ مِنْهُمْ فَاسِقُونَ But majority of them were defiantly disobedient. They committed many sins. We learned that the Prophet ﷺ, once some companions, they asked about the Prophet ﷺ, about his sleeping habits and about how frequently he would fast, etc., etc., And they went to the wives of the Prophet ﷺ to ask about these questions. And then these people, they said, one of them said, I'm never going to marry. Another person said, I'm going to pray all night. Another person said, I'm going to fast every day. So when the Prophet ﷺ, he heard that these things were going around in the name of piety, that people are going to such an extreme, he called people to the masjid and he addressed them. And he said, He glorified and praised Allah. And he said that what is wrong with these people that they say such and such. Meaning, why are they saying this? What is wrong with them? I observe prayer and I also sleep. I observe fast and there are some days that I don't fast. I marry also. And then he said, فَمَنْ رَغِبَ عَنْ سُنَّتِي فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي Whoever turns away from my sunnah, then he is not of me. He's got nothing to do with me. So from the beginning of the surah, what do we see? You know, we have to strike a balance between our deen and our dunya. We cannot live life ignoring our religion. And we can also not live life ignoring our dunya. Both have to be taken hand in hand. You have to use the deen, you have to apply the law, and you also have to use the dunya, the gifts that Allah has given you. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا O you who have believed, اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ Fear Allah. وَآمِنُوا بِرَسُولِهِ And believe in His Messenger, صلى الله عليه وسلم. O you who have believed, fear Allah and believe in Allah. Interesting. They already believe, but Allah says believe. Take care of your iman. Look after your iman. Worry about it. Strengthen it. Improve it. يُؤْتِكُمْ كِفْلَيْنِ مِنْ رَحْمَتِهِ And Allah will give you kiflain from His mercy. Two shares of His mercy. Double portion of His mercy. What is kiflain? Kiflain is a dual of kifl. And kifl is a good share, a big share of something. A major share, a major portion. So He'll give you double, double share of His mercy. Meaning He'll be merciful to you in this world and in the hereafter. He will give you more than He gave to the previous nations. وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ نُورًا And He will make for you a light. تَمْشُونَ بِهِ You will walk with it. Because of your iman, Allah will give you a light with which you will walk. What does it mean by this light? That He will give you knowledge and guidance with which you will walk through the darknesses of ignorance. And you have nur here, the nur of guidance and knowledge and amal and iman, then يَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ نُورًا تَمْشُونَ بِهِ He will give you light in the hereafter with which you will walk and you will cross the bridge. Remember the verses about nur on the Day of Judgment? وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ And He will forgive you. وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ And Allah is forgiving and merciful. So do your best. Do what Allah wants you to do.
And he will give you more than what he gave to the previous nations. He will give you now and he will give you more later. لِأَلَّا يَعْلَمَ أَهْلُ الْكِتَابِ لِي so on that لا not لا over here is extra. And remember that whenever there is an extra word, it doesn't mean that it just came in there by accident. No. It's there for a reason. And that is to add emphasis. So لِأَلَّا يَعْلَمَ أَهْلُ الْكِتَابِ This is so, meaning Allah has given the special reward and favor to you. Which favor? كِفْلَيْنِ مِنْ رَحْمَةِ النور and مَغْفِرَةِ Why? So that the people of the book would know that Allah يَقْدِرُونَ عَلَى شَيْءٍ مِنْ فَضْلِ اللَّهِ That they do not have power over anything from God's favor. Meaning, they are not the only ones worthy of Allah's fadl. All fadl is not just for them. It's not for them to decide who is successful and who is not. لِأَلَّا يَعْلَمَ أَهْلُ الْكِتَابِ أَلَّا يَقْدِرُونَ عَلَى شَيْءٍ مِّنْ فَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَأَنَّ الْفَضْلَ And indeed, الْفَضْلَ Bounty, favor, is بِيَدِ اللَّهِ It's in the hand of Allah. يُؤْتِيهِ مَنْ يَشَاءِ He gives it to whomsoever he wills. He decides. He's the judge. وَاللَّهُ ذُ الْفَضْلِ الْعَظِيمِ And Allah is the possessor of great bounty. اللَّهُمَّ إِنَّا نَسْأَلُكَ مِنْ فَضْلِكَ الْعَظِيمِ Allah, we ask you for your great favor. Now we see that, you know, there are many people who wish to restrict Allah's mercy and favor just to themselves. Just to themselves. And they don't want anybody else to have a share in that. It's as if they claim to have some religious privilege because of which they're the only ones who are worthy of God's mercy and nobody else is. Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made clear what He likes and what He does not like. What is permissible and what is not permissible. He has made it clear. But remember that when it comes to religion, it's not just a matter of black and white. It's not just a matter of this circle is absolutely right, so as long as you're in the circle, you're perfect. And this circle is absolutely wrong, and if you do even one thing from it, or if you fall into it by accident, you're a hopeless case. There are people who wish to restrict Allah's mercy only to themselves. And their mission in life is to exclude one person after the other, refute one individual after the other. This is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, and only we're right. The Ahlul Kitab were similar. They made the exact same mistake. They kept the religion only to themselves. So much so that they said that if you belong to our race, only then you are good. And if you're not from our race, then you have nothing good in you. This is how arrogant they became. So they kept their religion just to themselves. They didn't share it with anybody. And this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala disapproves of. Allah has sent guidance for who? For everybody. And who is it that will judge who was upon guidance and who was not? He will judge. We are no ones to make that judgment. Our job is to give, to give good news, to convey. Yes, to warn, but at the same time, to keep conveying. And that's it. He is the judge. We learned that the Yahud, the people of the book, they said in Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 111, Allah says, لَن يَدْخُلَ الْجَنَّةَ إِلَّا مَنْ كَانَ هُودًا أَوْ نَصَارًا They said that no one will enter Jannah except the person who is either Hud or Nasara. Right? And then we learned that once a Bedouin, he entered the masjid. 
Right? He came to the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ, and when he saw the Prophet ﷺ, he saw the companions, and an incident happened. That man, he said, that, Oh Allah, have mercy on me and on Muhammad ﷺ and nobody else. Have mercy on me, on the Prophet, and nobody else. Nobody else. Only me. Very childish, right? So what happened? The Prophet ﷺ, he turned to him and he said that you have restricted something that is very vast. You have restricted something that is very vast. That's Allah's mercy. How could you restrict it just to yourself? Allah's fadl. The people of the book, they thought that only we are the ones deserving of it. Which is why they didn't even acknowledge the prophethood of Muhammad ﷺ because he was not one of them. He was not from their race. He was not from their tribe. So here we are being taught the importance of tolerance over here. We're being taught a lesson in tolerance over here that religion belongs to Allah. We are no ones to change it. We are no ones to remove anything from it, to add to it, and to say that we are the ones who judge who is in it and who is not in it. Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has made His religion clear. He has made it clear. But someone who says that I am, I do believe, who are you to say that you are not a believer? Worry about your own faith. Look at how many times in the surah we are told again and again, Aminu, Aminu, Aminu. Believe, believe, believe. Worry about yourselves. And stop worrying about the faults of others. We'll listen to the recitation of these verses. لَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا رُسُلَنَا بِالْبَيْنَاتِ وَأَنزَلْنَا مَعَهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْمِيزَانَ لِيَقُومَ النَّاسُ بِالْقِسْطِ وَأَنزَلْنَا الْحَدِيدَ فِيهِ بَأْسٌ شَدِيدٌ وَمَنَافِعُ لِلنَّاسِ فِيهِ بَأْسٌ شَدِيدٌ وَمَنَافِعُ لِلنَّاسِ وَلِيَعْلَمَ اللَّهُ مَن يَنصُرُهُ وَرُسُلَهُ بِالْغَيْبِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ قَوِيٌّ عَزِيزٌ وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا نُوحًا وَإِبْرَاهِيمَ وَجَعَلْنَا فِي ذُرِّيَّتِهِمَ النُّبُوَّةَ وَالْكِتَابَ فَمِنْهُمْ مُهْتَدَ وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنْهُمْ فَاسِقُونَ ثُمَّ قَفَّيْنَا عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِمْ بِرُسُلِنَا وَقَفَّيْنَا بِعِيسَ بْنِ مَرْيَمَ وَآتَيْنَاهُ الْإِنْجِيلَ وَآتَيْنَاهُ الْإِنْجِيلَ وَجَعَلْنَا فِي قُلُوبِ الَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُ رَأْفَةً وَرَحْمَةً وَرَهْبَانِيَّةً ابْتَدَعُوهَا وَرَهْبَانِيَّةً ابْتَدَعُوهَا مَا كَتَبْنَاهَا عَلَيْهِمْ مَا كَتَبْنَاهَا عَلَيْهِمْ إِلَّا ابْتِغَاءَ رِضْوَانِ اللَّهِ فَمَا رَعَوْهَا حَقَّ رِعَايَتِهَا 
فَآتَيْنَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْهُمْ أَجْرَهُمْ وَكَثِيرٌ مِنْهُمْ فَاسِقُونَ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَآمِنُوا بِرَسُولِهِ يُؤْتِكُمْ كِفْلَيْنِ مِنْ رَحْمَتِهِ يُؤْتِكُمْ كِفْلَيْنِ مِنْ رَحْمَتِهِ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ نُورًا تَمْشُونَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ لِئَلَّا يَعْلَمَ أَهْلُ الْكِتَابِ أَلَّا يَقْدِرُونَ عَلَى شَيْءٍ ذو الفضل العظيم